promoting your non-commercial podcast. Welcome to the Undergrad Podcast Lab. This is Dr. Gideon Burton. You have not completed your podcast if you have completed your post-production, your sound production. You have not completed your podcast when you have launched that podcast and put it up online. Because a podcast needs to be part of the living environment of content consumption online. And you're, you're not going to get it into that environment. It's not going to be a living thing unless you have a plan to promote your podcast and to follow up on the good work that you've done in producing that audio content. So I'd like to use this episode as a way for, uh, of describing why and how to create a promotional plan for one's podcast. Before I do that, I want to put this into the context of the, the larger uh, phases of podcasting that I've introduced in the past. The first phase was a startup phase where you would explore different kinds of podcasts, get acquainted with the podcast environment, start thinking of ideas that you'd wanted. The second phase was a development phase where you started to pitch ideas for your own podcast, tried them out, maybe made a prototype, circulated, got some feedbacks, figured out what kind of content you really wanted to do, nailed what kind of format you wanted to have, and then you launched your podcast online. That's the culminating part of the development phase is you launch your first episode or two. Then comes the third phase of production and management. Now hopefully, and I've provided my students some planning documents to help them plan out a season of podcasts and an episode planner to be able to outline what they're doing in each individual episode. And I've also provided them an episode tracker document, a spreadsheet where they can keep track of uh, the, the, the status of each of their uh, episodes as they go through the production process. And so hopefully the podcast team has figured out a workflow and a routine so they can then start generating episodes. And this is where the promotion part starts to fit in. It doesn't come at the end. If, if you were to record all of your podcasts and launch them all at once, you can do that. So it's a it's a model that's used, for example, on, on Netflix with series now and things like that. But you're not producing a television series. You're producing a podcast. And part of the genius of podcasting is that you create an audience that responds and you create your subsequent content largely, well, at least partly in light of how your audience is responding to what you have put out there. So it's sort of beside the point uh, why even think about having an audience if you're just going to dump all your files to the, onto the interwebs and, and hope people love them. So you got to have a plan to promote your podcast. And I am going to break that down into three areas. First, you've got to decide what you are after, why you want to promote your podcast. This is a more complex question than it might first appear. So you've got to have a talk with yourself or with your team and decide, okay, what is the purpose of promoting my podcast? Second, you've got to set up your outlets by which you can do your promoting. And I'll, I'll give a list of those and explain those in detail in a minute. And third, you've got to set up a promotion routine. And that means putting, promoting your podcast into the workflow of your post-production. In other words, uh, as you are doing production, you are thinking about promoting. 
And I think the best way to explain this is to tell you how we did this successfully with a prior podcast. So uh, when we were doing the My Story podcast for the BYU English Society, uh, we had guests coming and they were interviewed about their experiences on internships and other things like that. And um, after we, after well, I should say, while the um, guest was there for a, a, um, an interview, we had our secretary that would take notes and uh, we would have a little pre-interview and see if there was anything that the guest might be bringing up during the interview that would be something to link to from that episode's show notes. All right, so we're, we're thinking ahead. We haven't even recorded the episode yet, and we have someone there with the notepad looking for links and content that might be associated with that guest that could be put into the show notes for the episode we are about to record. Then this uh, same secretary would sit in the, uh, in the, the booth and listen as the interview took place. It was very often the case that during the course of an interview, a guest or even the host would mention a website or a resource or a project or something like that that would be useful to link to. And so the secretary would write that down. Okay. Now, interview's over. What happened next was we would, we would um, ask the guest, could we please take your picture before you leave? And they always said yes. And then that picture was what we would put as the art for that particular episode. So every episode when it appeared on our blog, um, you would see a picture of the interviewee there on it. So we were, and, and it's true that the podcasts that had a picture, episodes that had a picture associated with them were immediately more interesting and engaging. And we figured that out. So we always made sure that we produced episode-specific art, and in this case, pictures of our guests, um, as as we were doing the recording day. And then we'd have that on hand for uh, writing up the, the show notes. Okay, so the recording's over, and our, our recording engineer, our sound mixer, would, would work on getting the sound file prepared. And while he was doing that, this other um, person who was the secretary would then write up a blog post in which um, she would list any of those URLs or, or any other content that would be associated with that um, interview. So she would create that blog post and, and then the, um, well, I guess that's all I wanted to say about that is that we were, while we we're in the middle of production, not even post-production, we were doing things that would help us with promoting that episode later on. We'd even talk to the to the guests and 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 tell them that we would soon be sending them a link to the episode that they were part of, and we invited them to consider sharing with others a link to the episode that they are part of. So we were thinking about promotion even in the middle of production. All right, so that, that's why I'm bringing it up now, even even though I know most of my students are are in the process of of just churning out their content and making sure their production qualities are high. They're trying to get these, uh, you know, good podcast episodes made. But I want them to start thinking about this because as they are starting to uh, settle into a production routine, they need to integrate into that routine things that will help them to uh, 
promote their podcast. And, and I'm going to cut to the chase here and give a, 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 uh, the most simplistic method of promoting your podcast. And so you can at least have this as a takeaway. And I'll flesh this out with more detail how you could do much more than this. But if you take nothing else from this episode, then take this. Once you've completed an episode, create a blog post about it, and then circulate the link to that blog post on social media. Boom. Now we can flesh that out a lot more, and I will, but at the very minimum, when you complete episodes, each time you do, it's a chance to advertise your podcast as a whole, as you are letting the world know about a specific episode. Okay, now I'm gonna circle back around now and talk about these three things that I just mentioned. And I'll, I'll come back then to that third item of making a, integrating promotion into your production workflow. But the first thing I said was you, you've got to decide what you are after. Why promote your podcast? Okay, so, think about this, especially I'm talking to people that are not trying to make money from their podcasts. Well, then why are you making a podcast? Well, maybe, maybe it's just the novelty of it. Maybe because you want your 15 minutes of fame. Uh, maybe you're just flattering yourself. Maybe you like playing with media. There can be a lot of superficial reasons, but let me suggest a couple to think about. One is, um, whom could you reach with this content? And think about them as, as, um, being hungry for the content you can produce and appreciative of what you might be able to offer. And that's good. And it's also good to, to even name specific people who could benefit from the content that you are producing. Now, some podcasts lend themselves to very specific audiences. For example, one of my students right now, uh, Gabriel Bradford, is producing 36, the ACT Prep Podcast. And he has a very specific audience in mind. He's aiming this at high schoolers who are getting ready to take that ACT test. Okay, so that's been helpful to him to think about that audience all along the way because he, he sought out social proof on his prototypes to see if this format was, was working okay. And ultimately now he, he wants to keep in that, that audience in mind and make sure that he is reaching that intended audience. So think about who could benefit from your podcast content? And so is, is it worth it to try to, to get your audio files into their ears and to do the work that, that gets it from point A to point B? Um, part of this also in deciding what you're after, why do we want to promote this is you have to decide how much effort you want to put into this. Um, most amateur podcasters, you know, it's, they're, they're not getting paid for this. It, this is something they're doing in their spare time. The students that I'm asking to do this, they have only so many hours a week they can devote to a class about podcasting. And so I've asked them all along the way to be realistic. Decide how much time you can put into um, creating your podcast. And now I'm saying part of that is budgeting your time and resources for promotion. Uh, how much effort can you put into it? And in, in simple terms, it might boil down to saying, I'm going to spend one hour a week promoting the podcast. Or um, in addition to um, working into our workflow, uh, you know, uh, alerting people through social media about a given episode, 
that in addition to that, after I've done that, I'm going to spend 30 minutes in doing one of these other things I'm about to suggest. So be realistic. Decide who you want to reach. And let me just suggest also that you don't know who will benefit from your content you put online. I know this because I've been putting content online since 1996. And the biggest surprise I've had all along the way has been the people that were interested in my stuff. I thought I was only aiming at fellow academics and scholars. And to my surprise and delight, there are a lot more people interested in the content I was producing than just that narrow set of people. So keep in mind that you have these possible audiences that you don't even know about, but that figures into your promotion plan with respect to um, follow-up and making sure that you know how your podcast is being received. Now, I'll come back to that later, but I, I want to move on from this. As you're making a promotional plan, first you want to decide what you're after, uh, and then second, you want to um, well, I don't want to move on to the second one yet because I wasn't quite done with what you're after. Yeah. When you're deciding how much effort to put into something, there's sort of the front end of it where you're kind of looking at your schedule and deciding realistically, you know, what I want to give to this project. But there's another part of this that can very much dictate the, the effort that you will put into this. And that is the, the feedback that you get the reviews, the comments, audience interaction, as people start responding to the content that you produce, it affects your motives. It also can change the way that you uh, produce your content. All the more reason to be promoting as you're producing because it can very much be something that will affect how you uh, produce your next content. So I think one thing to think about here is if you make efforts to cultivate an audience and part of that effort means to reach out to that audience analyze that audience get the data that you need find the feedback or or um, actually ask for the feedback once you start getting that it, it will change the answer to your questions about how much effort you want to put into this i know this because content that i've produced before where i just kind of went eh, put it online just for whatever sake and then people started using it and asking me questions about it and I started taking my own content more seriously. And I would start beefing up those parts of my uh, website that uh, people were using the most. And that's part of the fun of doing online content. You, you, It's a living thing. So as you're making that promotional plan, make a space for the possibility that your audiences are going to wake up your project in a way you hadn't realized that you hadn't anticipated. And, you know, the biggest thing here is you've got to get out of the mindset that you're just dumping content onto the interwebs. It's, it's not like a, a new series that's being launched on Netflix where they put all 12 or 20 episodes up at the same time so you can binge them. You're not you're sure you can binge podcasts and it's not a sin. It's not wrong if you put multiple episodes up at the same time, but it is a lost opportunity if you do not uh, space out the launching of your episodes so that in the interim you have the opportunity to cultivate an audience and respond to their feedback, etc. All right, so enough about that part, but do think about what you're after and, and whom you could reach and, and make a space for the possibility that people might really like what you're doing and, and that, that might change how you do stuff. All right, so the second part of a promotional plan is to set up your outlets. What do I mean by that? 
Okay, I mean basically three things. The first is platforms. Your podcast needs to be on as many platforms as possible so that as many people can find it as possible. I will come back and, and talk in more detail about those platforms. But just in general terms, you've got to make it accessible. And this means some work, finding out what those platforms are, finding out how to submit your RSS feed to those various platforms so that they will uh, include them include your podcast in their um, directories. And so there is some work involved there, but it's well worth doing. I'll come back to that. The second outlet is you need to have some kind of a website or blog. Now, look, you can podcast to your heart's content and never have a blog. But if you want your blog to get some traction, you need to make it findable through online searches. And you need to it needs to have a home. It needs to have a home, and by home, I mean a place where all of your episodes are all gathered together in one place. Now, you might say, well, they all appear together on, on um, you know, Google Podcasts, and I can see them all there as a set. Well, that's true, but it, it is most often the case that a podcast will have more value to it. it. Its episodes will each have more value if each episode has show notes that accompany that episode. No, not, not every format requires that sort of thing. Um, maybe like an audio drama may not need that as much. But others, like we're the instant podcasts, podcast that uh, a team is doing right now, which is a, a cooking culture podcast, they, they need to have a place to stick their recipes. Or the uh, 36 ACT prep podcast I mentioned, uh, they have all these supplementary study materials and they got to put it somewhere. So it, it varies. The podcast you're creating may not strictly require having each episode be accompanied with show notes and, and a separate blog post, but this helps to flesh out your online identity and gives another channel of interactivity for audiences besides simply the audio channel. So you need to have some kind of website or blog. Uh, I'll come back to that one too. The third, third outlet is social media. Okay. Amateurs who are making podcasts probably are already personally on several different social media platforms. You might be on Facebook. You might be on Instagram. You might be on Twitter, uh, Pinterest, what have you. You can and should use your personal social media accounts to um, tell the world about the content that you're producing. Now, that, that is a very personal choice. I mean, maybe... Gabriel Bradford really doesn't want his close friends to know that he's producing the uh, ACT prep podcast and and he doesn't have to tell them about it. But generally, this is a good thing. Each each uh, podcaster or podcast team, they have a, a personal social graph. And that social graph means all the people that you're connected with, whether it's online or face-to-face. -face. And so you need to think in terms of reaching out through your personal network uh, when you are creating and your, your audio content. And, and, and yet, what I'm really leading, leading up to here is uh, you, you should probably create standalone accounts for your podcast on the various social media, right? Especially on, on Twitter, I would say, okay? But, but um, 
it, it's sort of creating this corporate identity. It, it, maybe it goes hand in hand with perhaps getting a, um, a Gmail account that is, is not your personal name, but is the name of your podcast or another custom email or something like that. Anyway, as you're making your, your own promotion plan, you need to think through, okay, what outreach am I already plugged into because of the social media platforms that I participate on or that my team participates on? So what, what do we already have in hand? And then can we, should we, do we have the time and energy to set up uh, separate social media accounts for the podcast itself? And that's something you just have to decide on your own. If you have the time and resources to do it, you are going to help to you know, create that uh, brand identity more if they have their own standalone accounts. All right, so I'm gonna circle back now and talk in more detail about the platforms. One of the reasons why I've had my students using anchor.fm is that it is set up so very well for um, distribution. Uh, Anchor.fm, you can do a, a, a sort of a private launch and just have your content visible through their website. Uh, something which I actually suggested for students as they were launching their pilot episodes so that they could then get some feedback on this while they were really still in a developmental stage on their initial work. And then they would do a, a broader launch uh, once they had really perfected those uh, initial pilot episodes. And many of my students would go back and re-record or remix their pilot episodes. And I, I told them as part of the staging of, of the progress of their um, um, launching their podcast, that once they had a, a well-recorded, nailed-down format for a couple of episodes, then you could do this broader launch. Now, on Anchor.fm, that means if you press the little button that says publish everywhere, that anchor.fm goes through the work of submitting your podcast to nine different platforms. They include Apple, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. Now, there's some minor ones in there and the major ones are in there. And so... That is a glorious and wonderful thing. Thank you, Anchor.fm. Now, as part, no, first of all, let me say that is a long list, but it is not a complete list. So I would say the first step is once you have um, got your polished pilot episodes done and you're ready for the broader launch and you've hit the publish everywhere, it takes a few days, even a week, uh, for the uh, approvals to go through and, and so on. There's a little bit of red tape for this even though it's automated but what you should do is um, go through each of those nine um, different platforms and see if your podcast now appears there so you need to go back to apple Podcasts. you need to go go and check out breaker and Castbox and google podcasts and overcast and pocketcast and radio public and spotify and stitcher that list you can find on the, in the help files on anchor.fm and you should go to each one of those platforms to make sure your content actually got posted there, that, that, that your podcast was accepted. If for some reason it did not, then you, you need to figure out how to find your RSS feed, 
a really simple syndication feed. And there, there's documentation for this on anchor.fm, but you need to find that RSS feed and then submit that to the platforms where yours might have been overlooked for some reason. Now, in the process of doing that, this is a, this is a very healthy thing to do because it helps to reimmerse you into the world of podcasting and to broaden your understanding of how podcasts are searched for, how they're categorized, uh, how they're listened to, where they're listened to, what apps are used to listen to them. And that might give you some ideas, for example, of uh, keywords you might use or categories that you might um, uh, use to, to label your own podcast after you're better exposed to the world of podcasts. Now, my students have been exploring podcasts for a, a long time, but they were doing that as consumers of content and, and looking for models and, and ideas and things like that. Now I want them to return to those platforms and think more in terms of someone who's marketing and promoting. And so you see what the best practices are for other people. Why does that podcast seem more interesting to others than, than do others? Well, maybe it's because they have really good, um, good art that, that advertises their podcast. Well, then maybe we need to revisit our art and, and maybe not have a, a dark font on a dark background or something like that. Anyway, it is a healthy thing to go through the various um, platforms, first of all, to verify that you have actually shown up on their platform, but also so you can get a better feel for that. For that. Now, part of that can include uh, some promotion. Uh, for example, uh, one, one platform that, that Anchor.fm does not actually distribute to, it's called Podchaser. If you go to podchaser.com, with your, your RSS um, address there, you can do, you can make a creator profile. And so this is, they've kind of built into their platform a way to self-promote. And, and so you can submit your RSS feed so that your, your podcast shows up on podchaser.com. But then you can also create a profile, maybe put an image of a longer description. I'm not sure, I haven't done it myself, but that's another opportunity to um, promote yourself as you are um, going down the checklist of the various platforms. I'd like to name just a few other platforms precisely because Anchor.fm does not distribute to them. And at least some of these are, are quite popular and are worth making the effort. TuneIn is one of those. I mentioned Podchaser.com. SoundCloud is another. iHeartRadio. Blueberry, which is spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. Also, uh, Podbay and Podtail. Now, I haven't used those last two, uh, and and I think and I'm have some concerns about SoundCloud because I'm not sure if you can have a podcast on there if it's if your files are not hosted on SoundCloud. You know, you have to kind of figure these out. Every platform is trying to do something a little bit different. They're they're not uniform, but but that's part of the fun. It is figuring out. Uh, what that environment is and, and where what you're doing could fit into that environment. So check on those various platforms and figure out which of them you'd like to submit your information to so you can be more broadly accessible. Okay, I said I would come back to talking about the website or the blog. All right, you've got to have a web presence 
if you really want people to uh, follow what you're doing. And a web presence that goes beyond simply being listed on a directory or or hosted on a platform. Um, Now, the question is, do you do you create a uh, a domain of your own that's maybe named after your podcast, uh, or uh, in the case of what we're doing, we have a, a general co- corporate blog underneath our domain of podcastlab.byu.edu, and that is a way that we can promote all of the podcasts that are being produced by the students. Each one of those podcasts has its own separate. A channel or page so you can find just the episodes that are associated with that podcast and and each podcast can have its own posts and uh, its uh, its own uh, show notes for each episode that that goes up but it's also you know you when you're part of a corporate blog you you're sort of at the mercy of that that general organization you profit from being part of, of what they're doing and maybe you know you get some uh, collateral benefits when people find the general corporate blog they may find their way to your podcast and that's good but it may be that you want to create your own independent web presence this is more work and you have to decide whether it's worth it for you to you know buy a domain name and figure out the wordpress on it or, or what have you or if you blog spot um, that's a decision you have to make as an individual or as a team but it, you're foolish not to have a web presence for your podcast. And I think personally, you're foolish if you don't have a separate post that is associated with each podcast episode. Because that way, each one of them has a link and you can promote individual episodes and not just the podcast as a whole. All right, so I talked about... Uh, social media already um let me talk a little well i talked about setting up social media accounts and, and maybe having some that are specific to your uh, particular uh, brand your podcast um, but let me talk about some more specific strategies for promoting things on social media now just to review uh i think the number one thing you can do is to um Put the link to your recent episode up on the social media, and this is this is a good way of of um, you know you go where people are already participating in a big way, and you don't expect people to miraculously land on your blog. Uh, but if you give them that link, then they can make their way to that blog, and they can look at that episode, and they can subscribe to the podcast as a whole. All right, so uh, let me talk specifically about. Facebook and Twitter. All right. Now, Facebook, you, you of course, can post links to your podcast as a whole or, or to individual episodes in your own news feed, uh, but you could set up a, you know, a, a group identity, um, an organizational identity on Facebook. Once again, you have to decide whether you want to keep that up and maintain that and, and and there's only so much time and effort you can put into this. If you don't want to, to kind of have a hosted identity for the podcast on Facebook, then I recommend that the team members join 
podcasting groups on Facebook. There's a lot of them and they're big groups and you can get a lot of, uh, of good input from people and uh, there are some opportunities to promote your own work. There's some rules for that, but this, this is a, a good way to do that. Another use of Facebook is, is not to look up anything to do with podcasting per se, but to look up something related to the content of your podcast. And then you can very easily um, participate in that, in the discussions or the, you know, provide something for the news feeds of that content group that refers to your podcast. So let me give you an example. Let's say the instant podcast uh, that the members of that team, they, they start going on to Facebook and looking for cooking groups or maybe groups of uh, college-age students because I think they're trying to target people like themselves that are 20-somethings that are learning to cook and, and could benefit from using a, an instant pot. Uh, you see what I mean? So those those groups don't have anything to do directly with podcasting, but if you join the online discussion there, um, you could have an opportunity to appropriately bring up your your um, podcast um, and link out to to your episodes or to the podcast as a whole. Um, now the same sort of thing can happen with uh, not with social media per se, but with online discussion boards. This is almost a different category because you don't need to have a, it's not the same thing as a social media presence, but you can have an account on Reddit uh, or, or other kinds of online forums. Um, and that's where people discuss all kinds of topics. And you can either go to the, the subreddit about podcasting or you can go to a subreddit that's about your topic area. And then you can uh, talk about your, your content, your um podcast on that online discussion board. Uh, okay, Twitter. Twitter is something that is very valuable for podcasts, and it's a good place to post links to episodes or to the podcast as a whole. One of the things to keep in mind is that there's a very active community of fellow podcasters that are tweeting, and so watch what they do. One of the things they do is they use a certain set of hashtags that have become conventional. There, there are others, but I know there's at least these. There's a hashtag FF for Follow Friday. And this has become a kind of routine for people self-promote their podcasts or other kinds of blog content you can follow on Fridays. And so you put that little hashtag with yours, and if everyone else is doing the same thing, um, you, it's a chance for you to just uh, toot your own horn and people can find you by way of that hashtag, the Follow Friday hashtag FF. Two other hashtags to consider would be Podcast Shuffle and Pottern Family. Uh, these kind of shift over time and maybe those won't stay popular and others will take their place. But if you start cultivating connections with people who are doing podcasting, or you start doing connecting with people on Twitter that are in the content area of your podcast, in either direction, it will give you a chance to um, promote what you're doing. Now, anytime you're, you're moving into the social media, you, you have to spend time there, right? And it, it, it does take time, but it can really pay off. If you respond to people and you, 
you, um, um, especially if you, especially if you're willing to give uh, solid attention to other people's work, right? So, and this is a, it's an ethical thing and it's a pragmatic thing. If you want people to look at your content, you need to look at their content. And the best thing is if you can kind of make a connection between your content and their content. But at the very least, you know, you show some deference, you show some interest in what they're doing. I don't think you should lie. I think you should look for the things that genuinely are interesting to you and, you know, affirm what they're doing, make good comments, um, and they will return that that favor. And uh, it's good karma. One, uh, one thing you can consider doing is to leave reviews on other podcasts on, uh, on Apple Podcasts, on, on iTunes. Um, it's one way of kind of building your identity and building your goodwill. I recommend trying to take a positive approach and show yourself trying to be kind of constructive and cheerleading good content that's going on. And this is a way of, of um, bringing attention to your own work. All right, so um, just to, to review what I've, I've covered here, it, as you get into that production and management phase of podcasting, you've got to start considering promotion at the same time. And that's why you should set aside some time uh, to, to have a, a planning meeting, make a promotional plan, decide what you're at, what you are after, what's the audience you want to reach, how much effort you want to put into this, set up your outlets that I've described, and then integrate this into your calendar and into your workflow. So that, that you are, just as you are being very careful to put into your production workflow that you have your post-production and you get your intro and your outro and your sound bubbles and so your audio file sounds really good. Just like that, you need to also have it automatic that when you put up a new episode, you are also advertising that through your social graph, through your social media, um, putting things on your blog, etc. So integrate your promotional stuff into your workflow. And then part of this, as I was telling you earlier, um, you got to make a space for feedback. I mean, you, conceptually, you got to make a space for that. You have to allow for an audience to express its interest by expressing its preferences. And if you show, if you respond to people that comment on your podcast, um, that builds. It, it's it's kind of a, in the trenches sort of work, but it really does pay off. And if you listen seriously to what they're saying, it probably will affect the way that you are uh, creating your content. It may be that you'll change your production schedule and decide you're going to have a different, uh, some different content later on that is more in line with what your audience seems to be interested in than what you had dreamed up when you were first planning your podcast. Okay, So you cannot take advantage of your audience if you don't create that audience, if you don't reach out to it, if you don't understand who it is. And so make time to find out who you want to reach and use these various means of reaching them. Okay, that's all for now.